Will the congregation please stand and face the procession? Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. I confess to God Almighty before the whole company of heaven and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have sinned by my own fault in thought, word, and deed. I pray God Almighty to have mercy on me, forgive me all my sins, and bring me to everlasting life. Almighty and merciful God grant you healing, pardon, and forgiveness of all your sins. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
Let us pray. God of compassion, you welcome the wayward, and you embrace us all with your mercy. By our baptism, clothe us with garments of your grace, and feed us at the table of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt, and so that place is called Gilgah to this day. While the Israelites were camped in Gilgah, they kept the Passover in the evening on the 14th day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. The manna ceased on the day. They ate the produce of the land. And the Israelites no longer had manna. They ate, crop, they ate the crops of the land of Canaan that year. The word of the Lord. reading from 2 Corinthians. 
From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would have gladly filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. 
But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed your command, and yet you have never even given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. We had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Would you be seated? Good morning, church. Good morning. Glad you made it through this treacherous blizzard to uh, come to worship with us today. Uh, we should name it something really fierce. Uh, it's good that as we move through the Gospel of Luke, we have found ourselves in this section. And I'm not sure if uh, for you, but when I was a kid, I would see a text like today's. And I would always be a little bit wondering what was going on. Because the text, I don't know if you saw it, it starts on verse 15, right? And then, uh, or chapter 15, verses 1 and 2, and then it moves to a different thing. And I always think to myself, what did they leave out? What are we missing? What is the truth? You know, I think that they put the scandalous pieces in that section and uh, wouldn't tell us everything. Good news for you. We're going to talk about it, but also, there's a few Bible in front of you. If you're ever wondering what's in the readings, you can feel free to pull it out and uh, feel free to, to read it, all that is in there. The way we begin our text today is wonderful. It's the setting uh, for what we're going to talk about. See, we have these scribes and Pharisees, and they see Jesus, and they say, this fellow is eating with those people. The sinners and the tax collectors. I mean, why would he eat with them? And Jesus, 
Jesus, instead of having a sharp rebuke against them, decides that he's going to share three parables, right? Two of which are omitted. That's that section that's not in the text today. And one uh, that, we'll, uh, that we just read. The first one, you probably know, uh, we've heard it several times. It's the one where uh, the shepherd leaves the 99 to go after the one. And when he brings back the one, uh, proclaims how much rejoicing there will be when one repents and comes back into the fold. Then the second uh, parable is the woman and the lost coin. We know that one a little less. But uh, I like to uh, liken it to the uh, woman and the lost cell phone. Because, you know, eight minutes without your cell phone, you're going to be cleaning everything up. You know, you get a little jittery. You're like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where did I put it? Have you seen it? Everybody stop what you're doing. <laughs> find my phone. Uh, find it on the uh, find phone. Uh, you know, you get a little jittery over that. And that's a whole other sermon uh, that we probably need to have at some point in time as well, uh, but she finds the coin and there's much rejoicing. And then we get this third parable, and you know it, you know that everyone knows this parable, it is like the storyline of every bingeable Netflix special out there, right? There's some sort of a person that thinks they can do it better, they get themselves into trouble, they have an epiphany of some sort, they come back, how are they going to be received by that? And it's like, it's this made-for-TV movie, right? And we, we have a name for it. It's the parable of the... How'd you all know that? Where was the word prodigal in this text? We have sometimes fallen afoot to the way that our Bibles lay things out. It's a way to do it. So one of the things that's happened in our biblical text is that we have put headings on it. I think it's because it's so much faster when I'm looking through. I just look for the headings. Uh, I don't have to memorize the actual space of text. But we have done that, right? And that's how this one is labeled. Open up your Bible. It's the parable of the prodigal son. We know that. And yet, when we read the heading, we go looking for what it has to say. And so it frames for us, we would call it, in, it has a hermeneutical lens then for us, how we see the Bible. And so we look for what the prodigal son is up to. You know what the word prodigal means? Lavish living or uh, reckless spending is another one. I remember it because when I looked it up a couple of years ago to find out what prodigal means, uh, the, the, the way that they used it in a sentence was the man gave him a prodigal amount of whipped cream on the Sunday. I was like, that's the kind of prodigal I enjoy. <laughs> right? Who doesn't like a lot of whipped cream? You just ready to whip it all the way to the top. And so we look at this and we tend to focus in on this son and his dissolute living, right? And we think about it in that way. And we, we can glean a lot of really good information out of it, right? And sometimes we make choices that are bad. 
Sometimes we get ourselves into really bad situations. Sometimes we've found ourselves in this spot, and then where do we go from there? You know, some of us might be feeling like we're in that spot right now. And we see what happens to the prodigal son as he is welcomed back. But there are other places and other ways to frame this same text. One of my secondary professors used to label it as the lament of the responsible eldest child. <laughs> you all know who the eldest children are in here because you read this text and thought to yourself that he was justified in his response to being mad. He did all the right things. And of course, that bratty, snotty-nosed little kid gets away with it yet again. And we find ourselves, when we read the text, when we see that, we, we can align ourselves with this. We can see this responsible son coming back into the No one even goes out to get him, to tell him that the brother is back. He comes back to a party that is going on. I mean, what kind of, do they have no respect for this guy, right? And he's doing all the right things. He is justified. And yet the father comes to him. He listens to him. And then he reminds him what mercy and grace are all about. Another character that plays a main role in this, and probably the one that should have had the title of this uh, very parable, is the father. We can call it the joyful father. There's other titles that you might want to use as you look at it. And the reason why I think it probably was is because the, the parable itself starts out. Now, there was a man who had two sons. And so we here more of looking at this man. And he, as you go through the parable, it's kind of interesting, right? You see this man who decides to split up his, his empire, his estate, just because the youngest son asks him to. That's a pretty incredible thing to do, right? He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't say, you're not old enough, you're not mature enough. You haven't gotten on, this, on the right path. You haven't done all the right things. He just gives him his share and sends him up. And then you have to kind of wonder. You have to kind of wonder what it's like for that father. As the times continue, you wonder what has happened to yourself. Did he take the share and make it into even more and turn it to successful? Did he fall victim to the things that he was having trouble with even in the household while he was with you? And then it says that a severe famine comes over the land. And you have to wonder if father worries. What's happened to his son? Is he going to survive 
this famine. And the text says that he was looking for him. You imagine this wasn't the first time that he had looked out into this countryside wondering and waiting. We come back. And there, in probably an almost unrecognizable image, turns the corner. He's not had a good meal in a long time. He's probably pretty skinny. Pretty roughed up from feeding the pigs out in the, out in, in the fields. He's got no robe, no sandals, and of course not a ring. And yet, Yet the Father knows him. The Father sees him in a distance, and what you can imagine is a full-out sprint. His Father runs to him, arms wide open, and you can imagine what that embrace is like. There's a piece of the text that says the Father is filled with compassion. That word compassion is a translation of a really fun Greek word. I'm going to teach you because it's really fun to say. Splenizomai. Let's say it together. Splenizomai. Isn't that fun? It's kind of fun to say, right? You're going to think about it for the rest of the day. Splenizomai. Right? And uh, splenizomai, it comes from the splexes, which are your guts. And then in the Greek, that's where you felt your emotions. We now talk about it, the feeling in our heart, right? Our love, this way Valentine's Day has got all these hearts everywhere, right? Because it's where we feel our emotions. But, but if you think about it, right, our, our emotions really are found in our guts. You, when you get nervous, you feel like you have butterflies, right? When you are really sad, it feels like you have a pit. When you talk about your stomach tied and nuts, you have all sorts of emotions that are right here. And, and it talks about this father's self-giving, this speck music, this outpouring of his emotions. All that he had been holding in comes out. And you can imagine what that is like. To be the father, to finally have your son back in your arms. As we take this text and we hear it from the Father's point of view and we feel it from the Son's point of view, we know there are times in our lives when we hold on to our self-righteousness, justified wholly and completely by the law, you are right. And yet, the Father turns to us to remind us of what it means to have compassion, mercy, and forgiveness. And also those times in our lives when we have made decisions, bad, poor, not very well thought out decisions. And we are suffering the consequences to the point that nobody cares about us, maybe not even ourselves. The Father reminds us of love 
mercy and compassion that poured it out. As I was going through this week, when I was reading through these texts and thinking about it, what continued to pop into my mind was, how do we represent God in this world? Do we represent a God that is self-righteous and justified? Or do we come hearing a God that meets us when we fall into our ditches? A God that pours God's self out for us? A God that embraces us? A God that runs to us and to others? As Jesus is preaching this message to the Pharisees and the scribes and the sinners and the tax collectors. He is telling them about a God who is big enough to love and care for everyone, welcoming all into God's kingdom. As we go out this week, as we to our representatives, as Christians, representatives of who God is in this world, may we go out representing this splechnizomai kind of God, a God that shines love and mercy and compassion to whoever we need, the unloved or the self-righteous. As you go out and find those folks, maybe you are one, may you feel this love, mercy, and forgiveness today and every day. And for that, we thank you.
I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your unconditional love for us. Turn our wastefulness and resentment of others into a passion for emulating your love for us that we can give back to the world. When we wander from your ways, help us to know that we can always return to you, that we do not earn this by our own works, but that we are redeemed and justified through Christ Jesus alone. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, humble us that we may serve you with gratitude and that we appreciate the bounty of this earth. Endow us with the ability to teach our children well, enlighten us so that we change the way we view one another by eliminating all discrimination, racism, and bias, and replace it with a fellowship and concern for our brothers and sisters, sharing the fruits of our labors with those in need. Lord, in your mercy. God of might, we pray for peace of you in Ukraine and compassion where there is disaster of any kind. Bring wisdom and prudence to those in authority. Bring reconciliation, those in conflict with others, and to your people in all places of the earth. We pray for our government nationally and locally, for our judicial system that their decisions are fair and just, and for our emergency workers and military members. Lord, in your mercy. God of hope, we pray for our congregation, and we are thankful for the ability to gather, sing songs of praise and music, and all who serve our church community. Encourage us in our efforts so that we can glorify you, letting the light shine through us to make known the joy of your salvation. Bless us as we receive your sacrament of Holy Communion, remembering the suffering, death, and resurrection of your Savior, of our Savior and Lord, that brings us the promise of eternal life. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, for all who are ill and low in spirit, suffering the loss of a loved one, and all who are in the midst of crisis, we pray for healing and hope. Where there is anxiety, bring comfort. Where there is doubt, bring trust. And where there is need, bring helping hands. We, espe- we pray especially for those we now name before you, and both silently and aloud. We entrust ourselves and all our prayers to you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let's share that peace with one another. going to do a happy birthday.
Welcome to our service of worship today. If you're worshiping with us for the first time or visiting, there are pew cards there. We invite you to fill that out so we might be in contact with you. Today at 4 o'clock, we have another in our concert series here at the church. They're about an hour long, these concerts. But 4 o'clock here, Michael, Lester, and friends hope you will join us for that concert. We're going to start up Pops Cafe again, our breakfast that we have had for a long, long time, but we paused during COVID. But after Easter, we'll get going with that. We have six teams signed up. If you would like to create a team or join a team, contact Jocelyn Alford, and we'll get you uh, squared away with that. We are doing a number of collections in the Fellowship Hall. We're collecting underwear for the homeless shelters, uh, stuff for college connections, Afghan refugees. You can sign up for Easter flowers there, and you can sign up for dinners for eight. Don't leave without checking out the Fellowship Hall, all right? Lots of things going on in there. And also on Wednesdays in Lent, we meet at our Fellowship Hall, 6 o'clock soup, 6.30 Bible study, 7 o'clock prayer around the cross. We have two more Wednesday nights. We hope you'll join us for that. We welcome those who are with us online today, but I know one lady who is with us every week online. She and others gather at the Dublin Retirement uh, Village. Her name is Lois Gentry. Hi, Lois. Let's all wave to Lois. Today, she is 94 years old. So Lois, we're going to sing you happy birthday. Lois Gentry, happy birthday. Ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Lois. Happy birthday to you. Have a good one, Lois. Let's all wave to Lois. The wonders of the digital world, yes. <laughs> Send you birthday greetings anywhere. We now continue our service of worship this morning with the offering.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. You call your people to cleanse their hearts and to prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast that renewed in the gift of baptism, we may come to the fullness of your grace. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. God, our living water and our merciful guide, together with rivers and seas, wells and springs, we bless and magnify you. You led your people Israel through the desert and provided them with water from the rock. We praise you for Christ, our rock and our water, who joined us in our desert, pouring out his life for the world. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his life, death, and resurrection, we await your salvation for all this thirsty world. Pour out your spirit on this holy food and on all the baptized gathered for this feast. Wash away our sin so that we may be revived for our journey by the love of Christ. Through him, all glory and honor is yours, almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Amen. 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 Amen.
Blessed Jesus, in this rich meal of grace, you have fed us with your body, the bread of life. Now send us forth to bear your life-giving hope to a world in need.
on the way. Thanks be to God.